Welcome to Team Luke for Minds Podcast. On this show, our mission is to help families just like yours. We'll bring you inspiring stories from brain injury survivors, advice from health professionals, and much more to help make the recovery journey a little easier. If you or anyone you know has a, suffered from a brain injury, this show is for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Luke Hope for Minds podcast. Um, I'm Jared. This is Amy. I'm Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have a brain injury survivor, coach, and author of How to Feed a Brand Nutrition for Optimal Brain Function and Repair, Kevin Ballister. So let's welcome Kevin. How's it going? Well, hello. How's it going, Jared? Is it it Delaney? Yes. Yes. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So our first question is, what is your story? (laughs) What is, that's a big question. Depends on how far back you want me to go. (laughs) Um, But let's, let's start from my, my brain injury. Um, In 2011, I sustained a severe traumatic brain injury and was insulin conscious, rushed to the hospital and put on life support. While I was in a coma, my family was told that I had less than a 10% chance of recovery beyond a persistent vegetative state. Um, I was diagnosed with a diffuse axonal injury. And if you go on Google and you type in diffuse axonal injury, you'll get lots of sources that all pretty much say the same thing. 90% never wake up. And of the 10% that do, most remain in a persistent vegetative state. So I'm, I'm very lucky to have woken, uh, but it's, it's not like I woke up and I was like, all right, good to go. Like recovery was a process as, as this audience I know is very aware of. Um, how how the process of recovery, you know, they say it takes time, but um, I find there are so many ways to accelerate it as well. So um, I I woke up, I couldn't eat, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk. I was breathing through a tube of my neck, receiving nutrition through a tube of my belly, and my left wrist was totally flexed inward, like. If you try to touch the uh, in, touch your forearm with you know, touch your left forearm with your left hand, try to do that. That'll give you a picture of how it was for me. It's called spastic hypertonia, and um, if if you know our audience's children have this condition, they know what I'm talking about. Or even if they've seen it, they know what I'm talking about. So I am also my toe was completely flexed. It was completely pointed. So, um, so that was, that was another thing in that that was due to a cerebellar injury that was actually caused from a hypoxic stroke that occurred while I was in a coma. And I mean, I wouldn't know this stuff if I didn't go and dig through my medical records and look through this. Um, So I'm going to talk about how I got to that point because at one point as I was recovering, I mean like months and months I spent in the hospital and when I was released to my mother's care, um, she changed 
the feed that I was receiving, right? I was eating through a gastric feed that whole time. And during that time, I was receiving the hospital liquid formula, which um, is basically fortified corn syrup ingredients, corn syrup, soy protein isolate, corn maltodextrin, calcium caseinate, canola oil. And that's, I, I'd, I'd eat that for breakfast, lunch, dinner, plus two extra snacks um, for months. And when I was released to my mom's care, that's when she finally felt comfortable changing my feed to real food that she would puree in a blender and, and feed through my gastric feed, bola style. Um, and this is when some things started changing. You know, there was, there was a lot of time in the hospital that I just, well, I was getting, I was improving slowly, but all of a sudden I just started improving a lot faster. And I actually took my first steps without a walker within weeks of changing to real food. Now, real food wasn't like wasn't everything that that like that started things, mm-hmm. and eventually I would be steered towards a nutritional protocol, a specific nutritional protocol, which essentially was a leaky gut protocol to heal my digestion. So um, my functional neurologist uh, did a blood test and was like. So you're low in protein levels. And I was like, fuck, I, I eat meat with every meal. I have a protein shake every morning. Or Are you telling me to eat more meat? He's like, no, no, no. You're not absorbing the nutrients that you're ingesting. And I kind of looked at him sideways. I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> but, uh, but I did it anyways. And I to regain some clarity which which i didn't have before like i started to you know i was in a brain fog and for anybody who's been in the brain fog or <laughs> they they you you don't know you were in a brain fog until you're out of that brain fog you know it's like it's like uh, it's like I have a friend who's like it's like being in a stinky room. If you're in there for a long time, you don't even realize it until you leave. Then <laughs> you come back. And I, I I love that. It's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. So um, so I started to regain some clarity, and I used to regain clarity, and I began to study everything. You know, life like my life depended on it because it did. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was uh, relearning how to walk at the time. I was relearning how to how to talk at the time. I mean, I was speaking very slowly, and it took an enormous amount of effort for me to speak. And um, so I was relearning, but we we had the internet. And so I started researching everything I could get my hands on and being very discerning about what I was researching and very discerning in like, is this a uh, peer reviewed medical, like, is this in a peer reviewed medical journal? What's the study? 
design. I had some excellent mentors to help me through this, um, to help me learn how to read peer-reviewed research and understand it and dissect it and take the pieces that were valuable and, um, and you know, leave the stuff that wasn't. And as I, as I started getting better and I wanted to know how to give my brain the best shot to recover. And nutritionally, you know, I, I was put on this nutritional protocol. It was a leaky gut protocol, mm-hmm. which, um, which, you know, your audience, I'm, I'm pretty sure is probably familiar with, but uh, it was to heal my digestion. And that, that helped me actually get the nutrients that I was ingesting. But now what were the nutrients that were optimal for brain function and repair? Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, this is what I was looking for. So I remember going to my functional neurologist um, and being like, okay, all right, there's some of the nutrition. I know not to eat these things. So what do I eat to give my brain the best shot? <clears throat> he said, no, no, just don't eat wheat, don't eat milk, you know, don't eat these other things. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. What <laughs> should eat. I eat? Right. Yeah. So this is where more and more studying came, came in. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned I'm the author of How to Feed Your Brain. Um, which was exactly what I needed to know. I needed to know how to feed my brain um, so that I could give myself the best shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question in regards to your story. I study speech therapy at UT and nice. I really love learning about um, TBI. I was wondering, you had impaired speech, but you've also said how you would do research and read like up on nutrition were you reading like words off a page or would you have like the computer read it to you? Did you have someone read it to you? Like, how are you going about that? That's an awesome question. Yeah. uh, Text to speech was extremely useful. Still is very useful for me. Um, I use an application called voice dream, um, which is fantastic. You can load web pages and you can, you can have, and it has all sorts of different voices. Plus it's created by this guy, Winston, <laughs> who's, uh, who's just a guy who made nap. That's really amazing. You know, when hearing about his story, he was basically out, uh, somewhere, somewhere very far North, um, for, uh, a winter and he just, locked himself in and and made this program and it's awesome but yeah absolutely that was extremely helpful and i love that you're a speech language pathologist or you're studying to become a speech language pathologist i uh have done a few interviews uh and i i recorded a video about speech language pathology which you can find on my youtube channel um feed a brain uh feed a brain youtube channel and also adventures in brain injury on youtube okay or you can go to either of those websites and search slp and you'll you'll get some some resources there awesome i'll have to check that out 
Cool. So what cool. are the biggest nutritional mistakes you see people make when it comes to feeding and protecting their brain? Well, again, I, I said the, uh, the, you know, the gastric feeds being fortified corn syrup, essentially. That's, it's not even necessarily people making these mistakes. It's, it's our institutional situation that continually makes these mistakes. And I get it. The bottom line is cheaper when the 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 cost of a of of a meal is is less than a dollar you know but uh but the nutritional value in that is just no comparison so so like i said my mom pureed real food to feed through my gastric tube and she waited until I was um, in her care and working with clients, I'm, I'm, I, I coach them on how to get the treatment they choose in the hospital, which includes gastric feeds. So with, with gastric feeds, um, some of my clients make their own gastric feeds. Some of them uh, buy the gastric feeds from like, um, from like real food blends or Cape Farms or functional formularies. Um, and, and I like those so much more than, you know, than Nestle's complete or whatever, whatever their stuff. Seriously, it's Nestle who's making these. Um, or, or Abbott Labs. I mean, there's others, but Nestle probably has a huge market share of the gastric feeds in the hospital. And, uh, the, you know, the candy company, yeah. it's, uh, it's <laughs> impressive that, that, that they're, uh, that they're in there, but it's also, I mean, it's disturbingly impressive, <laughs> honestly. So, so I coach my clients on how to make gastric feeds as well, um, by pureeing them. And actually in my book, I have an entire chapter on how this is done. And, um, and I included in the book, um, over 12 nutritional guides. And one of the nutritional guides is for a, uh, gastric is a gastric feed creation, um, guide. So it lays out how to make gastric feeds because while I like those companies way more than I like Nestle, um, the, the nutrition, it's not feed a brain all the way. Um, and so I teach you how to make feed a brain, uh, gastric feeds. And hopefully one day, um, we can create a feed a brain gastric feed for people to buy without needing because I know when, when you're in a place where your loved one is in recovery, um, you know, I can imagine that the audience of this podcast doesn't have much time to even listen to this podcast. So <laughs> I'm glad to see that, that, that you guys are creating this and that people are taking the time to check it out and to get this valuable information. But, uh, but yeah, when you're, when, when you're in that state, 
Like you don't, you don't have a free second to take care of yourself a lot of times, let alone create real food gastric feeds. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to, uh, to get some pre-made stuff. And uh, this is where I, I really appreciate um, real food blends, functional formularies, and cape farms. Mm-hmm. What about as a patient when you're out of the hospital? What are the nutrients and the supplements that you should be focusing on? Ah, all right. So, so somebody has asked me, once upon a time, somebody asked me, if you were stuck on a desert island and you could only have three foods, what would those three foods be? Like only three foods. Yep, <laughs> you can have lifetime supply of them, but only three. I'm like, hey, all right, I, I can work with that. So I would, I would choose for that. I would choose uh, cold water fatty fish like salmon. Mm-hmm. I would choose kale. And for for dark leafy greens, and that also has a lot of sulfur-containing compounds, which are extremely important for our circulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then avocados, because I love avocados. <laughs> yeah, I like this list. <laughs> and on top of it, avocados are, are deeply pigmented, have a lot of really important nutrients and very healthy fats. So you're getting very healthy fats from, from, uh, from the cold water fatty fish, which um, is high in, in omega-3s, mm-hmm. specifically DHA is what is my favorite nutrient for brain health. So, uh, so getting the cold water fatty fish, you're getting those fatty acids, those omega-3 fatty acids, especially those high in EPA and DHA. And um, then avocado, you're also getting those fats. And what I like about this list also is it keeps the carbohydrate levels um, lower. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're more in a ketogenic state, which has been shown to be extremely neuroprotective and has been very neuroprotective in my experience. But there is like, you know, there's the keto fad, which I can I call dirty keto. It's like <laughs> eat an enormous amount of meat and and have a and put butter in your coffee and uh yeah, yeah. and drink I mean Atkins <laughs> has a gastric feed type thing also and it's just like oh man. <laughs> and it's 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 garbage honestly like it's made with industrial seed oils and like you know just there there the, there is good fat and there is fat that is very problematic and actually uh and i'm 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 going to give everybody who listens to this podcast i i gave this to to everybody who attended the conference as well but uh if you go to feedabrain.com forward slash Luke, um, you can you can uh, download my nutritional guides, and those nutritional guides um, there's there's one for fat, there's one for uh, for deeply pigmented fruits and vegetables, there's ones and there's one for uh, dark leafy greens and sulfur containing. And notice when I just said those three, 
and, and I brought up the three foods that I would have. One was, uh, one of those is dark leafy greens, which kale is in the dark leafy green category. The other is sulfur rich vegetables. And again, kale is in there. It has properties of that. And then the other is deeply pigmented fruits and vegetables. And avocado totally has the nutrients in there. So those those are extremely important. So yeah, go to my website and you can get these handouts. Um, but uh, I totally went on a tangent. What were we talking about? <laughs> oh no, um, you also just in terms of supplementation, would you supplement with DHA? Or I think you absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I do. In fact, I I um, created a supplement with the best form of of DHA that I've found. It is it is derived from cold water fatty fish, and it's a it's a monoglyceride versus a triglyceride. Um, so it is extremely absorbable. So this this supplement, I mean. It, it has 30 capsules in a bottle and it's a, and the servant size says two of them. But on, honestly, I, I take one of those a day and that's plenty because you're getting three times what you're, what you're, um, what you're eating with that. And you're absorbing three times the DHA that's in there. Okay. So yeah, DHA is extremely important. Um, as far as should I continue with other supplementation? Oh yeah, you can yeah, name one or two more. Yeah. Okay, cool. So other supplementation, um, and and this is all on feedabrain.com forward slash Luke as well. But uh, but for I, I I have categories of what I consider to be superfoods, which include um, cold water fatty fish, include organ meats, sea vegetables, and fermented foods. And so when it comes to those superfoods, those are foods that we don't often eat. I mean, I often eat cold water fatty fish, but I supplement everything else. And I think including the extra DHA, that's, that's fine. Actually, I know that's fine. That's, that's great for our brain health. So I supplement, but supplementation should do just that. It should supplement foods that we're not getting in our diet. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to organ meats, um, how many, how often do people <laughs> eat organ meats? Those are not very often. So I supplement with desiccated organ meat capsules, um, which you can also find at feedabrain.com forward slash Luke. Um, and those those give me those nutrients that I'm missing. Mm -hmm. The other thing I, I supplement with is sea vegetables, um, capsules of kelp and capsules of dulse are, are both fantastic. And then for fermented foods, I'm using both. Uh, well, I eat a lot of fermented foods, but if, if you don't, um, I created an, an enzyme called gut brain as well 
And um, I didn't create a probiotic because there's one that's very, that, that is my favorite called Just Thrive. Um, it's a spore-based, uh, uh, spore-based, um, what do you call it? Microorganism, spore-based probiotic. And it's extremely, it's the, the, the studies and the research on it are fantastic. So I'm a huge fan of that. And, uh, and you can use, I have coupon codes on my website as well for that feedabrain.com forward slash loop. Great. Awesome. Um, so you, you've mentioned you do coaching and sport work with your clients, um, outside of the nutritional realm. What are some tools that you use with the average client Absolutely. that the average person may not know? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, when it comes to tools in working in, I mean, I partner with my clients. I, I am with them every step of the way. One of the biggest things when you have a loved one in a situation like this, uh, whether it be like right at the beginning during a medical crisis or ongoing throughout recovery or um, ongoing with, with the child, walking them through life and trying to find ways in which you can help provide them an amazing life. Mm-hmm. One, it's, it's, it's really valuable to have a partner who reads through the research, who consults with his colleagues, who can be in contact with you the whole time. And, and you can always reach out and constantly have these meetings to find the best practices, weigh the risks and unknowns versus the possible benefits. This is exactly how I steered my recovery, weighing the risks and unknowns versus possible benefits. Mm-hmm. And um, when and, and seeing that, that some things are worth a try, right? And on top of it, if you have um, somebody in a, in a uh, medical crisis in a hospital setting or, or even with with your doctors or your primary care there are so many things you can do we can do to get the treatment you choose mm-hmm. so actually i want to teach um i want to teach a very 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 important lesson that i learned about um about empowering about being an empowered patient and and essentially getting around the standard of care Mm -hmm. because the standard of care, while it's amazing at ensuring that we have a certain level of care is always provided. It also ties physicians hands in many ways because the standard of care is it was coined for medical malpractice cases and a medical malpractice claim requires that the defendant deviated from the standard of care. I'm quoting. Um, and, and the defendant in this case would be the practitioner or the doctor. Um, 
Now, the standard of care is defined as the type and level of care an ordinary prudent healthcare professional with the same level of training and experience would provide under similar circumstances in the same community. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that, that many of you have a loved one where they're not giving you a, you know, well, well they have this many percentage of being better. And maybe they do. And maybe it's a grim number where it's like, Oh, that's not a very good shot right there. Um, And so if you're giving a grim prognosis or just a prognosis, that's like, we don't know. The last thing I would want is the ordinary, same, similar standard of care. Right. Ordinary treatments, it gets the same or similar results. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, I mean, uh, apparently those results are either unknown, we, we don't know what will happen, or they're pretty, pretty grim. Mm-hmm. So this is where I want to try something outside of the standard of care, especially when I look at research. And the research is often... 10 years ahead of clinical practice, meaning that for a practice that is shown in the research to be safe and effective, for that to reach the clinical practice and especially standard of care level takes 10 years. Oh, wow. So I don't have 10 years to wait. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else does either when we're in these situations. So, so how do we get around the standard of care when a physician is liable to be sued if they deviate from the standard of care? And this is why you can't ask a physician if you can do a treatment outside of the standard of care because now they have to answer no. They don't have a choice. They have to answer no. You can't be liable for it. Right, exactly. So here's the way around it. There's something called the tenets of medical ethics, ethical principles in medicine. And the very first tenet of medical ethics, and every physician learns the tenets of medical ethics. They're extremely important. And the very first tenet of medical ethics is patient autonomy. And I'm quoting on this. The patient has the right to refuse and to choose their treatment. So don't ask them if you can do a treatment. Tell them the treatment you choose. Mm -hmm. This changes people's entire recovery, entire lives, and, and you can get the treatment you choose. So you can look through the research, find the best practices, and then implement them, and then and then have your physician implement them. And all, I mean, working with folks, I've had doctors be like, "No, I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't even care if if you choose it." And they're like, "Okay." And I tell them to tell to say this, "Okay, cool. Please refer me to a physician who will give me the treatment I choose." And nine times out of ten, that that practitioner goes, you're going to do this either way, aren't you? And they go, yes. And 
the practitioner says, okay, let's do it right then. Mm-hmm. And they, and they jump on board. The whole idea is making it a collaboration, a cooperation, you know, of, of physician and patient because you're you know, or a physician and loved one, because you're both on the same team. You're looking, you, you want your loved one to get better. You want the patient to get better. And well, so when you join forces, go ahead. What was that, Jerry? Yeah, that's where you come in, right? Because you know the, the treatment or, or a lot of different treatments that are outside of the mainstream. Yeah, I, People. I, 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 I know many, absolutely. And I mean, that's one position that, that, that I, uh, I assist in is going through the research, coming through all sorts of different research and finding the treatments that are going to be safe and effective. And the other part is, is being there, being there along the way. And, you know, some goes haywire, whatever, along the way, we find a way around it. And, um, and I love this work. I mean, I think, I think it's so important to empower. I I am so for patient empowerment. And this is, uh, I I love doing this work and partnering with with patients, with with loved ones, and with the medical team Mm -hmm. in order to bring about the best best outcome. You know, uh, talking about being rewarding, are there any... Um, like really big success stories maybe that stand out to you? No, oh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really, it's, it's amazing when, when I just get to see some, some results. So just a simple one. Um, I, I had a client who, um, whose, whose daughter was having seizures, lots of seizures, um, several seizures a day when, when he first came to see me and I did like, first thing we did was change the feed that she was receiving and get her high quality food. And it sort of you know, a little bit more of a ketogenic, uh, not, I don't know, moderate ketogenic kind of place. Mm-hmm. And then also while also supplementing with uh, with large quantities of high DHA omega threes, so a high quality fish oil, mm-hmm. and and she stopped having seizures. Wow. Uh, they slowed, and then and then within within a couple weeks, just like stopped, mm-hmm. and. She does have one probably once every couple of months, which, you know, is still a huge improvement. And that's without drugs. That's without, um, you know, psychotropic medication, which, which anti-seizure drugs are psychotropic and have many side effects. Mm-hmm. So weighing the risks... The, the possible benefits and and versus risks and unknowns. Mm-hmm. Like I'd much rather find a way that we can enhance I'll, uh, enhance life without without those drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So what are your top three recommendations for brain injury patients or for a caregiver to a brain injury patient? Mm, that's a big question. Yeah, I mean, you, you read that right? So if you could narrow it down to like, what, what's one big, maybe it could be just narrowing it down to one big takeaway. It all depends on their specific situation. But number one, nutrition and supplementation. Like we need the building blocks, right? Which is why my first book is How to Feed a Brain. Because without the building blocks, so I, I think of it like this. I think of rebuilding connections in the brain like building a bridge. And to build a bridge, we need supplies and we need skilled workers. Supplies would be the nutrition, the brain building nutrition, the right kind of nutrition. And skilled workers would be the therapy, the targeted therapy, the right kind of therapy. So if we, we, we can do all the therapy, but if we don't supply the nutrition, it's like having the best bridge architects, the best bridge designers, the hardest workers, all on the team building a bridge, you know, and then pulling up with a truckload of toothpicks. <laughs> them to build something yeah so it's really really important to supply the right nutrition mm -hmm. and uh and it's also extremely important to get the right treatment as far as um therapeutic treatments neurological exercise things of that sort mm -hmm. and um i'm a huge fan you know i i, I work with a a client in India um, and we have done some amazing things with vibration platforms and with uh, with um, visual exercises and uh, I'll tell you one more success story that's just been amazing he used to yell at his family every single night after his brain injury and um and he'd wake up in the morning and he'd when he was telling me the story about how he'd wake his son up in the morning and apologize for who he'd been the night before um there were tears coming down his his face and within within a few weeks of 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 using vibration platform and different different exercises. I mean, like I'm not one to isolate variables, so there was there was many things involved. But within weeks, he 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 stopped yelling at his family. His temperament is so much better. And uh, months later, he's still he's still just much better. That's great. And I think a lot of that had to do with helping him become comfortable um in his own skin and that's something that really we can make happen with vibration platforms mm -hmm. and things of that sort awesome right. so last question um where can people learn more about you yeah so you can find me um on adventures and brain injury.com uh, you can also find me at feedabrain.com social media um all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, um, and 
I guess that's all I've really used. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook, uh, Feed of Brain, and Adventures in TBI. And, uh, and basically, you know, go to feedofbrain.com forward slash Luke. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll have a lot of resource on there. You can download all of the printable charts, which is something I don't do for, for many. Well, I've never done before, um, out of purchase. So, so I, I really appreciate, um, parents working to improve their children's lives. And I want to make sure you guys have um, have the tools to be able to to be able to supply the nutrition for optimal brain function and repair. Yeah, no, thank you. So One much. last thing. Okay. Yeah, and on Team Luke, if you want to schedule a, a conversation with me, there's a big green button on there that says that says schedule now. And um and for Team Luke, you can uh, use the coupon code Luke. What's that? A parent can go on there and schedule a consultation with you. Yeah, you can schedule a consultation, and uh, and I'll and for you guys, I'll take hundred dollars off that initial call, which is used towards uh, whatever package we choose moving forward. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is there's a lot of great information in here, and I know a lot of caregivers and patients are going to find this super helpful. So, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Pleasure having you. Thank you for listening to Team Luke Hope for Minds podcast. If you want to learn more, check out our website, teamlukehopeforminds.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. See y'all next time.